Hello and welcome to the Beef Edge, the Chagas Beef Podcast, for all your latest news information and advice for Irish beef farmers. I'm Catherine Egan and on this episode I'm joined by Sukra farmer Thomas O'Connor from County Kildare, who will be featuring as part of the Irish Grassland Association virtual beef event. I first asked him to tell me about his farming system. We're running a mixed farm enterprise here in South Kildare. Um, we're predominantly beef with suckler cows, bringing everything through the beef and, and buying in uh, store cattle for, for finishing as well. Um, we've uh, heard of a flock of yos as well and we grow about 40 acres of cereals and my father keeps a, a small herd of, of sows and pigs as well. So we're, we're, we're a truly mixed enterprise. You're a busy man. What type of beef enterprise do you operate? Um, so we're predominantly finishing young bulls. We have a spring calf and suckler cow herd. We're trying to finish our own progeny under 16 months and bringing the heifers through the slaughter at about 24, 25 months uh, um, after this second grazing season into a, about a 350 or 60 kilo carcass and killing the, the bulls into about a 450 or 60 kilo carcass. We're buying in about two or 300 bulls as well for grazing um, and, and bringing them through the slaughter at those kind of weights as well. And how many cows have you calved this spring? We're slightly back on, on cow numbers in in comparison to where we were in 2018 when we hosted the, the grass walk. We're back to 70 cows calved this year. That was more so because of uh, trouble with me stock bulls last year. But it's kind of alleviating the problem of I signed up into the beam scheme. So it's alleviating my 5% reduction. So it's, it's helped me out in that. And what type of stock are you buying in or what system are you operating on the bulls you're buying in? So we're buying, buying in 100% continental bulls. I'd be trying to buy those good U-grading animals. Um, buying them in a kind of a 400 kilos live, uh, hoping to put them to grass for 100 days and put uh, 100 or 120 kilos on them and into a shed then for intensive feeding for another 100 or 120 days and getting them into a, a strong 440 or 50 kilo carcass. What do you see as the main pillars supporting the output on your farm? As I improved on my grassland management, I could increase my stocking rate to go along with, with, with that. Like, there's no point um, increasing stocking rate every year if you're going to have to be, if you're going to have to justify it with bought in either meal or or fodder. It's um, we we want to we want to maximise the cheapest form of of protein we can grow or the cheapest form of, of fodder we can grow which is grazed grass and it's given us the best return so that was from the time I came home farming that was the first thing I aimed to improve on was our, our grassland management and dividing the whole place up into paddocks and and simple things like that and gradually year after year improved what we were doing and, and we were able to improve our our the amount of grass we grew so we also could we could increase the amount of cattle we carry or the stock we carry. And one of the unique features of your farm is the paddock system that you operate. Can you explain how you operate your paddock system? So the whole farm here would be divided into roughly five-acre paddocks. So the reason we did, we went for five-acre paddocks, it can cater for our largest group of stock, which which generally would be a, we generally would have a hundred suckler cows and their calves running in one group. So the five-acre paddock can cater for those that they can graze in. They can if you put them into a, a fifteen hundred kilo cover on a five acre paddock they have a grazed in three days and you can go on to your next your next paddock and, and a simple system like that um we also graze the cattle in we'd be grazing in probably around 400 cattle of grass but we'd only have three groups of cattle so we'd have a, gra- a group of bulls 
grazing at grass, a group of yearling heifers and a group of cows and calves. So it's all about simplifying the system. Um, this year, I probably probably brought on the grassland manager a little bit more in that I'm trying to graze out the paddocks in 48 hours instead of the, the 72. And even by increasing, by decreasing that 24 hours in the paddock, it's probably increased the amount of grass and growing as well. The majority of the stuff we do here is simple things and it's through trial and error and see what works on the farm and um, we try and keep everything simple. Why are you grazing such large numbers of cattle instead of smaller groups? Uh, simplify the system. We I try to buy a uniform batch of cattle. So when I if so for everything, it simplifies the whole system. So if I'm getting in cattle for dosing, I'm getting into one batch. So I get in on me yesterday yesterday, for instance, I got in ninety-six bulls out off of grass for grazing. I had them all weighed, dosed, and let back into the the, the next paddock within about two, two and a half hours on my own. So it's it's all about um Simplifying the system, I, I'm copying what the dairy farmer does. If, when you have um, large groups of cattle and you're putting them into a confined area, in, as in your paddock, you have a strong um, you, have, you have a strong grazing group, and it gives you the ability to clean out uh, your your cover of grass fast. And it, so it in turn is allowing the grass to get back grown. But it's also you're getting you're keeping the good quality grass in front of your stock which is, is what keeps them thriving and keeps them performing. With that high stocking rate, how is soil fertility on your farm? So we'd be soil testing the farm for pretty much 50% every year. And the majority of the soil on this farm would be index three or four. Um, for obviously, with, with, my, with the stocking rate we're running, we're running at derogation levels. So we have uh, a lot of organic material and, and that'll be going back out onto... onto um, onto the, the grazing platform and we were monitoring that the whole time just to keep performance at, at, at peak. And how have you built the P and K for the phosphorus and potassium on the farm? The majority of that would have, we were in, we were in a unique position there in that we, before we would have went into derogation, we would have been able to spread a lot of the, the pig slurry on the farms. It's high in P and K and um, it's pretty much like rocket fuel. So the, the range of enterprises that we run kind of complement one another as well. If nothing from the bad peak prices that were taken for ten years, at least we had cheap fertilizer coming in the farm of it. So we make everything everything nothing is wasted on the farm here. We make everything work. That's great. And with regard to pH on the farm, well, we'd be in a high limestone area. In fact, it's probably the a lot of our soil would be probably reading. Um, we'd be we'd be reading nearly in cases up to seven point three and stuff. So we're probably too high in lime. It's probably having the effect is probably blocking up minerals and stuff. So. Uh, one of the things that would have got into the last couple of years is actually mineral or bolus, bolus and cattle with minerals and it seems to uh, be working well. Like, And what benefits do you see to measuring grass on your farm? I'd, I think the best way I was ever put to me, if you don't measure, it's like not knowing how much money is in your bank, bank account. So um, you have to match your grass growth to the amount of cattle you can carry in and have a bit of peace of mind. And if, if, if you don't know where what level of grass you have, you kind of don't really know where you're going. That'd be the best way I think I could describe it on you. And with regard to the herd health that you mentioned there a moment ago with regard to Bolison, what is your herd health plan on the farm? Just with the, with the level of cattle we'd be, we'd be buying in, we'd probably be buying cattle 12 months of the year, but um, we'd have a, a fairly strict protocol of what comes in. So every animal coming in... Uh, when I'd be buying it with the age profile of an animal I'd be buying it's generally a strong weaning so they'd be getting two shots of a, of a, 
of both have passed the cover for pneumonia. They would also be getting covered for IBR and pneumonia. Um, we'd be black leg vaccine the cattle and then they'd also be getting the, the bolus then throughout the year. So that would be something that would be routinely done with all stock that's that's bought in. And the way I like to look at it is I kind of, I'd be kind of giving the cattle no excuse not to be performing. So if there is an animal not performing, there, there has to, that pneumonia or one of those diseases isn't the reason why. So we try to be a bit proactive rather than anything else. And what programme do you use on the cows and weanlands? Cows a month before calving would, would start off with a, we'd give them their bolus um, and they'd give them a, a um, rot of K99 as well. Then they'd also be getting their shot of IBR booster. So we give that twice a year. So they get a month prior to going to the bowl and a month generally prior to calving. And they'd also, and then the cows would also be getting vaccinated for leptovite H as well. The, the weanings would be, we will start there in September We'll give the weanings their first shot of bovipast and a month later we'll give them the second shot, their booster, and we'll give them the IBR vaccine as well. And they'll also be, they'll be warmed a fortnight before being weaned as well, just so that they have the full immunity, that there's nothing to depress the system. The weanings would also have been vaccinated for black leg vaccine as six-week-old calves and got the booster then again at, a, at 10 weeks at when they were a month later after the first shot. You mentioned your issues in 2019 with your stock bull. How has breeding been going to date? So last year we would have had a, we generally we'd run three stock bulls with the, with the one mob of cows. So it'd be kind of the, the strongest bull gets to serve the majority of the cows. But last year we were in an unfortunate situation where um, we actually got photosynthesis with a good young bull we had coming along and he didn't recover. So he had to be, he had to be put in the shed for feeding and then I had a mature bull that probably just got too heavy and wasn't he was mounting the cows but I wouldn't say he was serving them so um, this year we 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 would have invested heavily in handling facilities there in the last 12 months so this year with the objective of of um, probably improving the quality of the calves and producing, I decided that for the first three weeks of breeding season, I went down the AI road with both the, the main herd of cows and the replacement heifers. So um, that was our first year doing that. And was, I think it's, I think it's ran fairly smoothly. Um, we're, we're fairly strict with the amount of weeks we left. We leave the bull with, or we, we run our breeding season for in that I like a uniform batch of calves and I, I rather would bull an extra few heifers and and get the breeding season finished quick, tan be tan be leaving leaving the bull drag out. Um, so we be due to we the, the breeding season's probably started here on the first of May and it finished it finished the uh, the first of July. So we're probably an eight or nine week breeding season. Uh, we'll be due to scan now in about two weeks time. So, but judging by the level of activity that's going on, I think we sh- we should be fairly good now. And for your first year using AI, what heat detection aids did you use? Um, very little now. I did, the only thing I used was tail paint, and I thought it was the best thing since bees knees. Um, you go out in the morning and you see whatever tail is rubbed, and it was very, very ac- accurate. Like just with the the only the other benefit, like of the of the bigger size groups of stock, is there's a lot of activity. If there is a heifer bullen or a cow bullen, she's getting fairly well mounted there because there's normally a, a good few looking around so that was the only that was a the tail painted half was a a very easy method and it worked very well on this farm anyway 
And how often were you looking at stock? I was looking at twice a day. So first thing in the morning out to see what was rubbed um, was getting them in then for AI generally around after dinner for two o'clock for the AI went to come at six. And then that evening again, I go out and back out and check. So I suppose probably three times then at that, like you were ever when you were getting them in for AI, you'd be catching another few that were coming. Whatever was caught, generally the, the AI man was at that at that stage, he'd be at his busiest time of the year. He was inseminating a few hundred cows a day because with the, you, I was in, you were in the, the tick of the breeding season with the dairy herd as well. Uh, so he, he came every day at, at between half five and six o'clock. So whatever was caught bowling before that time was 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 shown to the AI man for, him, uh, for service. And if I thought she was still showing strong signs of heat the next through the night, I'd, I'd give her the second straw the next day as well, just to be safe. You hosted the Irish Crest and Beef Conference in 2018. I believe you're involved again this year. As a consequence of COVID-19 restrictions, the 2020 Irish Grassland Beef Farm Walk is taking a slight different approach for 2020. Tell us, what is the plan for this year? So just with the, with the whole situation with COVID, we've, we've changed tack and we've gone to a kind of a virtual tour of, of three of the past hosts of the, the Grassland Association. And I look back to where we were when we hosted the walk and what changes we've made and it's a it's a great insight. There's there's three good farms there, and it's um it should be it should be a well worthwhile tuning in to see what's going on. We look forward to tuning in to the Irish Grassland Association social media channels on Facebook and Twitter from the 27th to the 29th of July to see Paul Turley, County Down, Tom Helpen, County Mead, and you, Thomas from County Kildare. Thanks, Thomas, for joining me on the show. Thanks very much, Catherine. That's all for this week's episode, and my thanks to Thomas for joining me on the show. You can catch up on all other shows and interviews from the Beef Edge podcast on the Chagas website at chagas.ie or you can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so you never miss a show. For all other updates from our Beef programme, keep an eye on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Until next time, I'm Catherine Egan and thanks for listening.